Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Josh. How's it going, man? Doing well. Ready to talk about some more sales leadership concepts. I say let's bring it. All right. So today we had on the list the weekly one-on-ones. So what are they? What do we cover? You know, what do they look like? Why do them? All that good stuff. So, you know, weekly one-on-ones, I generally find that the best companies are just super diligent about them. Don't miss them. Top sales companies. And then the rest, you know, let them slip pretty often. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see in your organization? Yeah. I see the exact same thing. And I mean, a lot of this comes down to the type of sales manager you are. You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't want the week, the, the one-on-ones because they think it takes away from them being in the, the trenches and selling other folks. They, they love it because they, they know that it's really important to keep, keep their finger on the pulse of those week over week KPIs and accountabilities that you really need to get into and, and really need to keep tabs on if you want to really make some good improvements. Yeah. So what do you like to cover in your one-on-ones? Yeah. So if I'm covering one-on-ones on on my sales team, I am very rarely going over, hey, how much margin have you made? Hey, how many sales have you made? That That's not really what it's about. I'll, I'll focus typically because I feel like there's a lot of that that goes into it. So I'll really focus on different kind of measurements that are, you know, how many customer meetings, did, how many customer meetings that you have this week? You know, where are we at in your 50%? Where are we at in your 75% up and to close? Just so you can nail really down on those focus deals. And that's, that's about it that I'll focus on on the business side. And then I'll, you know, I'll ask them week over week what they've done on their on their personal goals that that's contributed to their their well-being, their mindset and, and whatnot. So I tend to make it a mix, Josh, half business, half personal. Love it. Yeah. And I know some of the metrics you threw out, you know, a lot of people go towards just reviewing the opportunities. I see that a lot. Let's go through the opportunities. They go through one by one. Um, yep. I'm a fan of leading indicators. So any sort of leading indicator on are they actually getting what they're supposed to done this week? Like you said, how many meetings have you had? If my one on ones on yeah. Thursday and, you know, you're supposed to have X number of meetings are you tracking or are you way off? Right. And I think what I, what I like from this is, you know, what gets measured gets done. Right. So if you're checking in weekly, then every week, you know, whether it's on Monday or Friday or whatever it is, you have that ability to let them know, essentially, this is what's being looked at. This is what's being measured. And then it makes it a mutual accountable process. And that's huge because there's, I mean, how many salespeople do you know that just kind of drag into their next meeting with their boss and like just ready to answer questions? You know what I mean? And this is something that I hope people take take from this. If you're a salesperson and you have a weekly one-on-one meeting with your with your boss or your manager or your team lead, director, whatever it is, be prepared for that meeting, man. Be prepared. And if you're the sales manager, be prepared. <laughs> there should be mutual accountability and you should have an agenda. You should stick to that agenda because – as mundane as this sounds, as we're talking about, what you take from it is is massive. It's absolutely my, or else you lose track of, and, and then you 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 can get lost in the shuffle. You can forget what you were working on. That's like the difference in getting one project done quick and then fifteen projects that just take you forever to get through because you keep changing your mind and your direction. So the one on ones, for no other reason besides the mutual accountability, is huge. 
Yeah. And in talking about being prepared, you know, my note from that is really reinforcing, using this to reinforce systems, processes and culture. Right. So there's a lot of things being prepared is to me a culture item, a sales culture item. You either show up and the manager already has something printed or what they need on their screen to review. The salesperson has already looked at it and and pretty much thought about what that sales manager is going to ask them. Right. And has uh, has prepped for that. You know, and if you're in tune and you've been working together, it should be pretty seamless. But I mean, being prepared is very different from a culture, sales culture perspective and expectation perspective of always just showing up. Yep. Yeah, you're 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 right about that. And, you know, in the sales culture, I'm sure you've seen this. Preparation tends to take a back seat. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because usually it's all about. I want to get in front of the client. I want to close the deal. I want to put a number on the board. I want to let everybody know I'm awesome. And I want to make my number get paid and, and move on to the next right now. There are plenty of people out there that can probably do that pretty well. But, but I have found through real, real experience, if you're not taking the time weekly, and I truly do mean weekly to check yourself on the progress that you've made week over week and have somebody else, most likely a colleague or a boss holding you accountable to those week over week activities, then you're really cutting yourself short. And it's not to say that, and people get nervous about these one-on-ones because they really think it, it's going to take away from their time in the field. It's going to take away <laughs> from their time on the phones or what have you. And I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, I, I, I doubt there's anybody out here that's listening that can't look themselves in the eye and say they don't have time to take an hour a week to focus in and measure how they've progressed over the previous week. That just means a little less time on social media, a little less time on the internet, a little less time, you know, on barstool sports, which I keep hearing about in my organization. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, but the, the benefits that you get from that, man, they're, they're huge. And then the boss at that point for you sales folks out there has a whole lot less to, to get on your ass about. And then from the, from the sales people point of view, um, or I'm sorry, from the sales manager's point of view, you can't say that you didn't talk that you didn't talk about it. You can't, your rep can't come to you and say, well, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't have any idea that we were going to do this. I wasn't prepared. That that's it with, with these one-on-ones that becomes unacceptable. And that establishes a good professional culture of continuous improvement in your organization. Yeah, you were talking about, you know, the culture of being prepared and also uh, taking that time, that thinking time, that time out of your day, out of your week, one hour a week to, to be ready. And, you know, if you would have talked to me 10 years ago, right, you would have met somebody who just sheer willed everything, right? No matter yep. what I needed, it just grinded out 12 hours, whatever it took, make it happen. I can relate. <laughs> and, and I still have a lot of those tendencies. However, I have realized over time um, the value of the thinking time, right? No devices, no screens, sit there with a piece of paper, revisiting how am I selling? What am I doing? Can I do it better? Yep. You know, can I slow down and think about it now to go faster later? You know, there's one, right. there's one way to grind out email outbound emails and that's one by one. But if you sit back Mm -hmm. and think and look at the tools and do some research and and take your time and put together a plan, you know, you can do a three sequences, a three email cadence automatically. And, but you have to sit there and think about what comes first, what comes second, you know, what kind of impact is that going to be? And you have to put it together. So that thinking time is definitely risen on my level of priority just over time. And so in that example, did you because because I was the exact same way and many many sales people you know business minded <laughs> people are are this way 
when you wanted to take that hour of thinking time, those two hours of thinking time, you know, I'm sure that, that it progressed into something a little bit more sporadic when it happens, it happens. And then now it is something that you actively plan for every single week at a specific time, every single week. So you can block time in order to do that. And that is the natural progression of what we talk about here. So there's going to be people listening that just try to squeeze this in whenever they can or don't do it or skip the one-on-ones and what, and my, my simple message is, is the, the sheer importance of sticking to that plan and sticking to that schedule and showing up. It has a lot more side effects than just, well, now we're on track. Now we're making progress that, that adds, like you said, that adds an upgrade to your professional culture and your organization that you're taking some, some serious internal time to move the meter for your organization. And, uh, and so, you know, it's not just about sitting down and getting something done and getting through it. Take time, prepare, <laughs> make the most of it, measure, adjust, perform, etc. cetera. It, it, it's extremely important that everybody blocks the time accordingly. Yeah, and I think it gives you a chance, like we said, with the with the systems and processes and culture. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways where if you just ad hoc it, you're going to get one result, right? And you're going to get yep. a very ad hoc result. Uh, if you really think about what goes into that, there's a lot of behaviors you can reinforce. Like one of my favorite ones is reinforcing the CRM. You know, there's, there's just mm. certain companies that, you know, they can't get anybody to use the CRM and then the manager's not using the CRM, but they, they need the information, they need the automation, they need those tools. Um, so like, I like running some of that meeting out of the dashboard of the CRM. So like if I pull up, if Taylor Barnes is one of my sales reps, I have a dashboard that says Taylor Barnes and I have all your metrics that we're going to review right there. And maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's some metrics outside of that, right? Maybe there's some personal Mm -hmm. conversations. There's other things, but if we're talking about your activities, your opportunities, where things are, we're going to that dashboard and I'm reinforcing the use of that. Oh, it's not on there. It doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. The activities, the, you said you made 30 calls and it says you made five, you know, well then you made five, you know, and most often we find that the CRM and the phone system is a hundred percent correct. And, the, the sales rep mm. is inflating those numbers a little bit during the oh, conversation, yeah. but you know, it reinforces <laughs> the culture of, of yeah. what you are, how you're supposed to be doing things. So other than like reinforcing usage of CRM and things like that, mm. uh, what other, what other culture or systems or processes get reinforced in your meetings? I mean, that, you just, you just, especially when it comes to sales, right? I, it, it, whether it's CRM for you, or if it's a bunch of numbers on an Excel sheet, whatever your, whatever your single source of truth is, I think that's a really good tip to to give a lot of these sales managers that are hosting these one-on-one meetings every single week, because, because if you just come in there with some chicken scratch, then it's probably not holding much weight into what the data actually says. So whatever piece of data that you're using to measure performance, whether it's outbound, whether it's marketing, let whatever, whatever tool you use in most cases to Josh's point over here, it is, it is CRM, but you've got to bring that to the meeting. You've got to make sure that that's updated before your meeting. That all goes into what I, what I stress when I say importance of preparation to make sure that, that you're really going to, you're really going to nail it. Now it, it's another really good point there, Josh, if it's not in there, it doesn't exist. I mean, what, <laughs> that, that's, that's a really good, that's a, that's so accurate. So what I just want to stress it one more time and I feel like a broken record here, but prepping and making sure 
that you have that single source of truth and you bring that into the meeting and mutually agree upon the data that's in there every single week, week over week is massively important. And, uh, you know, one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, what, when do you typically, people always love to say, well, we'll meet Monday morning. Well, sometimes that's not the best time to, to do it. So when do you usually try to sneak this in with your sales reps or with your folks for your one-on-ones? What, what day of the week, what time? I I generally think it has to be like Wednesday or Thursday, uh, mainly because I want to know how they're tracking for the week, right? If it's Monday, then we're really talking about last week and I can't affect anything, right? So I can't Mm. go back and say, hey, you know, you were going to do X, Y, and Z last week and this was the numbers you were going to hit. Well, you didn't hit them. Well, what are you going to do this week? Oh, well, I'm going to hit them this week, right? And then you you have this cycle that you're in because it's on Monday. Um, Mm. I like Wednesday or Thursday because at Wednesday... I can roughly say you should be 50% of your leading indicators, right? Your activities or, you know, it depends if it's outbound or inbound or or what type of salesperson it is, but there's indicators for everybody on whether they're on track by Wednesday and then they can adjust, right? So if if they're coming under, you're like, hey man, uh, um, you know, or, or woman, you know, hey, man, yeah, or woman, right. hey, hey, salesperson, you know, um, you're at 20% and we're 50% of the way through the week. Like, what are you going to do about yeah. that? And I have the ability yeah. to then look at that Thursday and Friday. Or if somebody's coming over, you know, going over on their numbers, you know, hey, you're over and you said you're going to be off Friday. Cool. No problem. You're tracking great. You know, so I like the, the Wednesday, Thursday time. Uh, don't have a strong preference about time. What about you? Yeah, I think, you know, just I think that comes down to the to the organization and, you know, the the best way that or at the best time that those two individuals, at least two individuals, you know, uh, have got the most amount of energy for me. It's absolutely first thing in the morning. And I agree. Middle of the week tends to be a Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday are probably the most common times that I'll have that because it's like you said earlier in the week. Well, you're going to be going over previous week's activity uh, for the most part. At least that's going to come in. And if you've got some big, you know, goals to to make to knock out that week, whether they are closing business related or not, you want to be able to look at those midweek and say, you know, what's going on? Let's look a little bit week over week. How did we do? Were we supposed to do this and this and this? And we only got this and this and that done or, or some combination of that. You need to be able to look at that measure, adjust perform. And then of course, all these leading indicators that you're talking about, which I think are equally as important as all the numbers that have been put up on the board. What kind of leading indicators, meetings, outbound quotes, you know, outbound prospecting, what have you, have you gotten done um, to ultimately create more demand? Yeah. So, I mean, this, this also brought up a question for me. Have you ever been in a situation where you added something to the one-on-one that just was a disaster? Like something where you'd say, you know, I tried to do this in a one-on-one a couple of times and like it doesn't work out. It causes too many issues, too many sidebars, takes them off of focus, like anything you run into like that? You know, when I, when I bring in, when I bring in every deal that is, um, Gosh, in in our world, for instance, anything that's just been quoted, that has just been proposed, that's got a 25% chance or less Ah. of closing, that amount of data can lead you down a rabbit hole. 
And that's why, in my opinion, it's really important if you're going to talk about pipeline-related stuff in your one-on-ones, which most likely you are if you're in sales, you really want to focus in on what I actually call focus deals. And those focus opportunities are the ones between 50 and 75 and 90% that might need some management, some, you know, that, that might have some matters requiring leadership attention, or maybe, you know, you need some support in those areas. But when you start getting into, you know, massive prospecting conversations, you know, uh, you know, that you threw a price out to 25 <laughs> other people and it, it, that tends to take a lot of the time out of those one-on-ones. And, uh, the last thing that you want to do in, in those meetings, uh, is really kind of get down a rabbit hole and talk about, you know, some things that aren't going to really move the meter or that you're going to forget next week. That's why you, the agenda needs to be very concise. You know, if I'm going to discuss three things, it's going to be these same three things every single week. And it's not to say you can't try one and add it here and there, but be very cognizant of what that does to, like you said, create more sidebar or get down a rabbit hole and, and, and not make good use of that time. Yeah. So you, you're basically, you're an advocate of saying these are our early deal stages, right? And, and I would also make the leap or assume also that, you know, most of the early deal stage activities are pretty set, right? It's later in yeah. the deal in the negotiation where, you know, the, the branches start to come out on what all you need to tactically do to bring in a deal. But in the early That's stages, right. you know, it's maybe it's an intro call. Maybe it's a, a one hour discovery call. Like some of that stuff is just canned. You pretty much do it the same way every time. It, so, exactly. so leave those off the meeting. Don't, don't leave worry them about out. this. Yeah. Because Josh, they don't require leadership attention. They don't require management involvement, you know, and, and look, maybe if you've got a big fish on the line in some case and it's early on and you want to make an introduction to, you know, someone on the executive team, then fantastic. Maybe that's worth bringing up. But for the most part, like you said, intros, you know, uh, you know, testing the waters, you know, getting involved in these conversations, getting introduced to more people within the prospecting account. Yeah, they don't need to really be brought up here in depth because there's not going to really be much of a management involvement. You want to focus in heavily on the things that are going to, you know, obviously make the most of, of the time that you're there together. Yeah, I like the other the other kind of toggle switch you had there, which was maybe deal size, right? So mm -hmm. if it is above a certain size, so if it's if it's one of these three stages, we'll talk about it. If it's one of these, we're not too early, you know. But there is this toggle that says, but if the deal's over this certain amount, uh, yep. and I, you know, we want to make sure we're hammering that one, you know, and putting everything behind it, we can then we can yeah. escalate there. So that's a good override to cover anything else gets left out. That's right. That's right. So for the manager, the managers out there, you know, what I would recommend doing here is whenever you establish your weekly cadence and you want to talk about business, strict, strict pipeline stuff then curate your data enough to where you can pick out all the deals that are either closing that month, closing the next month, all the deals that are above a certain close percentage, all the deals that are above a certain revenue threshold and get that list down to, you know, those four or five or, you know, some odd focus deals where you can get real feedback on the current, you know, state of the union within those opportunities. Because in the same breath, if you're a manager and you've got a boss, most likely that boss is asking you about those specific deals. Right. Which deals are the ones that we cannot lose? Which deals are the ones that are in the red zone? Where are we at in the, uh, you know, and in the, in the in the contractual process? Things things like that. Uh, and and I think that that really goes a long way. That's absolutely what I've done over the last few years. And it's amazing when you can report week over week on those four or five deals, the changes relating to them, and hopefully if they get in the boat 
that's one of the best wins that you can have because when you talk about a deal that you have just won, that manager now feels like they were in it with you the whole time. That becomes a mutual pipeline, and that's where it gets really exciting in those one-on-ones to report on any focus deals that are in the boat. Yeah, so I would think that, you know, a lot of people feel like you said the mutual pipeline. Um, A lot of people probably feel like the managers in their organization may or may not just be kind of prodding them about what the pipeline looks like and what they're doing. But a mutual pipeline, I mean, that really sets the tone of these meetings. If if I if I'm a sales rep and I'm going in to sit with my manager and I feel like it's our pipeline and they're just not banging me over the head of why I didn't do something. I mean, that's that's a very different tone. And as the manager, that's my tone with all the reps, and that's my tone with our CEO. There is an hour pipeline. This isn't mine. This isn't his. This isn't hers. This isn't ours. And if you say that about 25,000 deals in the system, that's not going to really carry much weight. You know? <laughs> so you want to make sure that you get that focus deal list down. And those are the company's focus deals. Those are everybody's focus deals. And that's a win, win, win when they get all the way in. So setting that tone to have that kind of mutual pipeline mentality is a really good hack to take away from those one-on-ones. Yeah, I like that hour pipeline, right? It's it's ours, it's together. And I mean, if you if you use that and reinforce it enough when you're speaking, um, again, it sets the tone. I mean, I know I've had a lot of questions over the years where I always use we with our team. You know, it's mm. it's not founder scale, it's not Josh, it's we. And I'll, yep. I'll be in a meeting and the, the person's only ever met me. And they're like, who's we? I'm like, my team, us, (laughs) you know, and they're like, but you're the only one we're out. Well, not really. Like there's a whole team behind me doing things that you'll never, you you don't even need to see, right? We have white glove service. We just take care of it. You'll never know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's interesting how that we comes out a lot and and I think people pick up on it. So just like they pick up on our pipeline. Yep, that's exactly right. And and if you set that tone, I I have no doubt that the alignment that comes with you and your salesperson or your salesperson and your manager, uh, the alignment that comes as a result of that is going to be just really, really reinforced week over week. And look, I mean, there, there's managers out there that want so much control, and that's why they have these one-on-ones. There's managers that don't care, and they think these one-on-ones are a complete waste of time. And there's someone in the middle that understands the importance of it, but doesn't want to waste time in the middle of it. So you find the, 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 the quickest way to get through the most important data so that when you leave that meeting, you are aligned on the deals that you should be focusing on. You were aligned on the goals that you're supposed to be focusing on week over week. And that's how, at the end of the day, you're going to be sharpening your ax. That's extremely important. Yeah, I love it. So are there any other tips, tricks, best practices we need to cover for weekly one-on-ones for our listeners? Be consistent. That is my (laughs) number one. Be consistent. I get it. Things happen and you're going to have to reschedule here and there, but this happens all the time is that people think of this meeting as optional, optional to keep it. Don't have that mentality. Don't have that mindset. If a customer tries to schedule a meeting with you in this time, your answer should be no. It should. If there's an escalation and a fire going on, Maybe a different story. Maybe you do need to, to 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 switch it up a little bit, but don't don't fall into the trap that so many other people do, which is just take these meetings very lax and very casual. Stay consistent. Be disciplined on it. Show up prepared. Knock it out of the park. 
Yeah, I love it. And from Be Consistent, I mean, you talked about from time and hosting it, but uh, I would also say Be Consistent from delivery perspective. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. an agenda earlier, and I love that because I feel like over time, a lot of meeting quality of meetings degrade if you don't yes. follow an agenda, right? It starts yep. off really on point because you're doing this new weekly one-on-one thing and it's, it's going well and you're following the agenda and then somebody forgets mm-hmm. to print it out or somebody forgets to prep. And then, you know, basically... What I've seen is like over the next month or two, it devolves into this uh, come sit at, sit at my desk and we're going to have a little chat. And then you leave 15 minutes later and we're done and we really didn't exactly. cover anything. Or so, hey, what do you want to go over today? <laughs> right. If you walk into that one on one meeting with that question, just leave, leave and start over. You, you, you have just failed that meeting. It's over. Go back the next week. Be ready. Be prepared. You absolutely know what you're going over every single one on one if you're doing it the right way. Love it. All right. Well, for our listeners, uh, take a look and and listen to all the advice here that we have for the weekly one-on-ones, the best practices, the important tips, you know, what to cover, what not to cover. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and hear what you enjoyed about this. Thank you. That's right. All right. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the FounderScale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.